Welcome to Meaning Over Money, a different kind of financial podcast where money is never about money. Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so excited to have you here. We hope you're having an awesome week. And regardless of when you're listening to this, we hope it adds value to your journey. And if it does add value, it would mean the world to us if you would share with a friend or to rate and review our show. It makes a big difference. If you take a crab, yes, the sea-dwelling creature, you take a crab and you put it in a bucket of water, the crab is going to swim to the top and just crawl right on out and go back to where he came from. It's pretty simple for them. But there's something interesting that happens when you put multiple crabs in the same bucket. They can still swim to the top, and they swim to the top. You know, one will swim, and he'll start to pull himself out, and the one at the bottom or the ones at the bottom will reach up and grab him and pull him down. And then another crab will swim to the top of the bucket, start climbing out, and another crab will grab him and pull him back down. And eventually, instead of the crabs one by one succeeding in escaping, to their safe place, they all meet their eventual demise. And this is what's known as is the crab effect. That's insane. Why would a bunch of crabs ultimately kill themselves through their efforts of sabotaging each other? And, and that does sound insane, but we're, we humans aren't that much better. Just last week, I met with a client, and this client was, was telling me about some of the wins they've had. One of the, the husband just received a really amazing promotion at his job. You know, the dreaded, horrible, toxic 9 to 5 that I argue can be amazing, and his 9 to 5 is amazing. He, he works in the corporate world. He has a, a traditional 9 to 5 job, and it's amazing for him. He wakes up every day. He's excited for what he's about to do. He's, he's been there for a long time. He has a great team. He enjoys the people he works with. He enjoys the people he works for. And he gets to use his giftedness and his passions to pursue something that's bigger than him. So yes, a nine to five could be awesome. And his is awesome for him. And he just got a big promotion. And his wife, she stays at home with the kids, but she just started a business not that long ago. And she's doing some really good things in that business, and she's having more success than she ever thought was possible. And they were sharing these wins with me, and then they concluded with this. They said, Travis, we're really excited to share this with you because we can't really share this with anybody else. And they went on to explain that in the past, they've shared successes with their friends and their family, their neighbors, which were met with criticism and jealousy and, and all sorts of negative things. And they've learned over time, they just can't share that with people. But they can share it with me because I'm there to celebrate those wins and to encourage them and to, to help push them to more of what they, they desire. 
in where they're called to be. And people come up to me all the time, you know, whether it's, it's in public or at church or at sporting events, they'll come up to me and say, hey, Travis, I just wanted to share this with you. I don't feel like I can share it with many people, but I'm going to share it with you. These are people that are not clients of mine. Sometimes they're people I don't even know. And they'll come up to me and say, Travis, I wanted to share this with you because I can't really share it with anyone else, but I wanted to share it with you. And then they share this really cool thing that happened to them. Because we've, we've all learned that we're a lot more like crabs than we would like to admit. That we have to be careful who we share our stories with and our wins with because instead of people pushing us out of the bucket of water, they want to pull us back down. And I remember the first time I experienced this very profoundly was when I had announced my resignation from my prior career. And it was, it was something I had to keep secret for a while, and, and only a handful of people knew they were trying to work out communication plans, transition plans, to make sure that things went smoothly with my clients because it's a big shift when I left. But eventually the news, the news broke and, and I asked my boss if he would be willing to let me announce the news to our, our real estate group. And he graciously said yes. So I crafted an email and I explained what I was doing and why I was doing it. Why did I make this decision? And I sent it and then I sent it out to our group. And I don't know how many people were in the group, probably, I don't know, maybe 400. And within 24 hours of sending that email, I had received 127 emails back, which blew my mind. I didn't know that there were that many people that cared about me. And I received a lot of emails back. And, and I, I saved every single email. What I did is I copy and pasted the content of every one of those emails. I didn't save the name of who sent them, but I, I saved the text of every single email, put it all in one document, and I just stored it away. And I haven't looked at it since. At some point, I'll probably go back and look at it. But it was interesting to me. There were some very key themes in here. There were some people that acted shocked. And there were some people that, that acted not surprised whatsoever. There was a lot of support, and there was encouragement, and there was love, and there was criticism. There were people that had criticized my decision that acted negatively towards me. And my gut reaction was like, screw you, man. You don't know, you don't know anything. Why would you say that to me? And as I thought about it over the course of the next few days, I, I recognized, and I had some follow-up conversations with a few people. And some people just approached me, and we had a, you know, a five-minute conversation about the announcement, my decision. And I realized this. It really wasn't about me. The people's negative feedback to me wasn't actually about me. It was more of a reflection of their fears of their jealousy, their regret, their failings. There was always something else behind it. 
And I had several people say, Travis, I wish I could do what you're doing, but. And then they fill in the blank. They fill in the blank the thing that's going to prevent them from pursuing something that matters to them. Thus, the criticism of me doing the thing that I feel called to do. So it really wasn't about me. It was really about them. They were just acting like crabs. And I don't mean they were being crabby. Maybe that's where the term came from. They weren't acting crabby. They were, they were, they were trying to pull me down back into the bucket as I was crawling out of the bucket. And then that particular example, the crawling out of the bucket was me in pursuing something different. I think a lot of you, I think this will resonate with a lot of you. I think a lot of you know exactly what I'm talking about here. And you've lived it. You've experienced it. I watch it with high school kids all the time where one kid will receive a scholarship to go to this school and get a full ride or, or they'll have some, some athletic success and their name is in the newspaper. I have a former youth group kid who was hoping to play college football and now he may end up in the NFL. It's crazy. And I got nothing but love for him. I hope he, I hope he makes it. I hope he, he, him and I aren't that close, but I hope he makes it. I hope he succeeds it in every way that he wants to. But I suspect there's people in his life that are trying to pull him down, that criticize him, that are jealous. But man, I'm not jealous for him. So why do we do this? Why do we as humans do this? It's easy to look at a crab and say, well, of course they do that. They're dumb. They're crabs. But we're humans. Why do we exhibit the same behavior as the crabs? And I think behavioral scientists have been studying this for a long time, and they've done a lot of experiments. One example of this that I see often, and it's where people will sacrifice their own success as long as they can pull somebody else down. And that happens in the corporate world. It happens in business. There's an equivalency there of somebody that doesn't want to make more money because if they make more money, then the government is going to take a quarter of it. So they would rather not make 75 cents if they can keep the government from making 25 cents. That's a different version of, of the crab mentality. And there's, there's something that's called a fixed mindset. And this is really the driver of all of this. Essentially, essentially what it looks like is we, some people view the world as a fixed pie. There's only so much pie to go around. And when somebody else gets a bigger slice of pie, the promotion, the business that goes well, the, the athletic scholarship, whatever it means, whenever somebody around us succeeds, it means there's less for us. That's a fixed mindset. Thus, when others win, it means we lose. When others are succeeding, if the pie is fixed, it means there's less for us. And that's why we demonize successful businesses in, in, in our culture and on social media. We demonize people who are successful. 
we demonize businesses who are successful. Because we treat it as, if they're winning, that means we have to be losing. And that also ties to the curse of comparison. I remember, I remember when I started getting really amazing bonuses at work. And some of these bonuses were multiples of what I had used to make at the same job. On one single day, I would make multiples of what I used to make an entire year at the same company. It was insane. It was insane. I was so grateful and I'd worked so hard for so long that it was really a culmination of all of that. But here's something that happened. I would find out that a coworker made a little bit more or the coworker who I thought was, was maybe not as good as me, maybe they made the same as me. And all of a sudden, I felt like I was losing. If I have a coworker that's making more than me, I'm not comparing this big bonus to what I used to make, I'm comparing it to what he made. It's the curse of comparison. When you pull into your driveway at night and your next door neighbor has a nicer car than you, or they just built a brand new deck, or they just got back from a really sweet vacation, we can lose sight of all the blessings that we have in our life, which other people might be jealous of. And all we can think about is how we're not as high up as them, thus we feel like we're losing. So the fixed mindset and the curse of comparison are killing us. They're causing us to act like crabs. Now, just as we don't want people to act like crabs to us, because that sucks. We want to be able to share our wins with people. We want to we be able to, to, to tell people what's going on in our lives and have them celebrate and, and have it be genuine. We want that to be true. It starts with us, though. We can't stop them from being crabs, but we can stop being crabs ourselves. We can act different to model what it looks like to act better. So how do we stop acting like crabs? Because what goes around comes around, and if we act like a crab, people are going to act like crabs to us. First, we need to lose the fixed mindset. When other people win, it doesn't mean that we lose. That's not the case at all. When other people win, it just means other people win. And if we really love them, that should be a win. When my clients or my friends or my family succeed, that's a win. It's not my win, but I can celebrate a win for being a win. It doesn't have to be my win. Number two, we can push each other up. So in the, in this, in the example of the bucket, the crab swims to the top, and he starts to climb out, and the crab reaches up and pulls him back down. What if instead of, of pulling the other crab down, what if we take it a step in the opposite direction? What if as the crab's swimming to the, to the top of the bucket, we push them out, we propel them, we lift them? Why don't we do that? So not only do we not tear each other down, why don't we push each other up? Why don't we elevate each other? And I think back to the story as I was, as I was thinking about this episode this morning. 
before I came into the studio, I kept thinking about my former analyst. Her name is Melissa. She'd probably be mad that I'm, I'm talking about her. Sorry, Melissa. Melissa was an analyst that worked on our team, and she worked hand-in-hand with me for many years. And Melissa was awesome. She is. She's not dead. She's, she's awesome. I'm gone. She's still there. Melissa is awesome. And she works her butt off, and she cares deeply, and she does the right things for the right reasons. She treats people well. People love her. And for, I remember for years, I and a few other people would advocate for her over and over and over. And we wanted to give her new responsibilities and give her new opportunities and advocate for her for le- in, in, in the leadership ranks so that we could push her up. We want to elevate her, not because she's entitled to it, not because we're going to get something out of it, but because she deserves to be lifted up. And I had, I had somebody do that for me. I had somebody that pushed me up every step of my career for no other reason than he believed in me, he cared about me, and he loved me. And that's what we did with Melissa. And Melissa's career continues to thrive. And Melissa will be far more successful in her career than I was in my career. And I celebrate that. Melissa, I celebrate that. Because you deserved it and you earned it. And I think we need to push each other up. Because when Melissa gets pushed up, it doesn't mean I lose. When, when my friend Steve pushed me up, it doesn't mean that Steve lost. It's the opposite. When we push each other up, we all win. We create a culture of pushing each other up. And I think that matters. And I think our culture needs that more now than ever. So as you look around you, who can you push up? Who can you elevate? Who can you encourage? Who can you help get to that next level? We all have them. Let's find them and let's let's push them up because that matters. In next next point. Instead of dwelling on other people and worrying about what they're doing, we need to to think about what are our goals? What are our aspirations? What's our calling? And name that and then start taking small steps. Back, back to my, my friend Melissa. Melissa. Melissa didn't just sit around waiting. Melissa put one foot in front of the other, worked hard, day after day, month after month, year after year. It wasn't about looking around and just saying that, yeah, you know, hopefully someday this is going to work out. Far from it. We have to know what we're trying to accomplish and just put one foot in front of the other. It's that way with our work. It's that way with our finances. It's that way with our relationships. It's that way with our hobbies, with our parenting. We just have to put one foot in front of the other. And it might not always go great, and sometimes we're walking faster than other times, but we just have to keep moving forward. 
the people that I have the privilege of serving, their wins don't happen overnight and they don't happen on accident. It's the culmination of so much. So much that you and I don't actually see. It's the blood, the sweat, and the tears that goes into it. And I've had people talk to me, and this was more particular to my old career, but I had people say, Travis, I wish I was, you know, my career looked like yours. And, and, and it, or I, you know, I had people that I loved that said, well, it must be nice. You got lucky. But they didn't see what happened before. They didn't see the, the grind that happened before it looked like I was successful. We need to put one foot in front of the other. Next point. We may need to shift who we're spending time with. If we have people that we spend time with that are in the business of tearing other people down, we probably need to spend less time with them. If there's people in our life that act showy and they're boastful and you always kind of feel like crap a little bit after you spend time with them, we may need to spend less time with them. If there's people in your life that act like victims, that always throw a pity party for themselves and they just can't get ahead and they're getting screwed and it's always about how they're being wronged, we might need to spend less time with them. Because as the saying goes, we become the average of the five people we spend the most time with. So the more time we spend with these sorts of people, the more that we will become like those people, you know, more like crabs. And if we want to be less like crabs, we need to spend less time with people who act like crabs. I remember once hearing John Acuff say, that you shouldn't compare your beginning to somebody else's middle. This is a tip that I think can help all of us. It's so easy to, to look at somebody and say, man, I wish I was where they were, except for the fact that they've been doing it for a lot longer. Ironically, I had an opportunity <clears throat> to watch John Acuff speak a few weeks ago in Chicago. Simply one of the best talks I've ever seen in my life. He's brilliantly gifted and he's a professional. He is a professional speaker and he's amazing. And at the same time, I'm preparing to give a talk to, I don't know, maybe 50 or 100 people. He gave this talk into, in, in front of what's effectively 300,000 people. And I'm going to give a talk in front of 50 to 100. And I'm going to give it far, I'm going to give a far crappier talk than he's giving. And there's a part of me that wants to compare and be like, ah, man, that guy, I wish I was as good as him and be jealous of him. But he's, he's done this for so long. And he talks about how he used to speak in front of audiences of zero. He would show up to an event and there would literally be nobody showing up. Or maybe there's five people or ten. So it's easy for me to compare my beginning to his middle, but that's unfair. And I actually had a chance to meet him at this event. And all I, and all I, I said, I, I said, John, I just want to say one thing. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the good work that you're doing and for the inspiration that you have shown me along the way. I don't hold 
jealousy towards John Acuff. I think he's doing amazing work. And I don't want to compare my beginning to his middle because I have a lot to learn from him. Lastly, we need to practice generosity. Being generous changes us. When we give our money and we give our time and we give our resources, it changes us. It's hard to act like a crab when you're giving. When we give, we're not expecting anything in return, if it's in a healthy way. And it creates an open-handed behavior. When we live open-handed, when we share what we have, and we try to bless others with no expectation of anything in return, it's hard to be a crab. It's hard to pull, pull somebody down as you're practicing genuine, sincere generosity. And it's one of the many, countless reasons why generosity is the best thing that so many people are lacking. We just need to be generous. And when we, were, we are generous, we will be less like a crab. And when we model these behaviors, when we follow these steps, People will see. They'll see because it's rare. They'll see because it's different. They'll see because it's attractive. They will be allured to you as a person. And that's good for everybody. When you model what it's like to not be a crab, you're helping to shift the culture even just a bit. And if we can all shift the culture just a little bit, it may just change everything. That's all I have for today. If you'd like to connect with us outside of the podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can find us in our Facebook podcast community. There's a link in the show notes. Drop in, say hello. You can find us on Instagram, Meaning Over Money, or me, Travis Shelton, on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube. And of course, you can find Meaning Over Money, which is our financial course for young adults, where we teach young adults how to live for the meaning and not for the money. And that's at meaningover.money. And if you decide to buy a course from us, please do not pay full price. As our way of saying thank you for listening, you can get 25% off by using the promo code PODCAST25. PODCAST25. But if that's not your thing and you're not into that, that's okay. We're just glad that you're here. And we hope this podcast continues to add value to your journey. Take care, guys. 